Good afternoon and welcome to the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. Today I'm interviewing a very special friend of mine. We used to attend Andy Thackenbauer School together 32 years ago. It's a long time that makes us old. Playing hockey together on the same field in our white sports dresses. Yours was good. White dresses on white girls don't look very good. But um, I'm here today with Kessa Singer. Welcome, Kessa. Hi, Leticia. Thank you for inviting me to share a bit about myself in this podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about singleness. Uh, Kessa and I are both single women, um, both, I guess you'd say, pretty focused, both knowing uh, secure in our calling, probably loving being single. Well, I do, and I think you do as well. Um, but we're in a nation, well, even in my culture too, it's, you can, especially in the church, you can be looked down upon uh, uh, single. Uh, you can feel like you're a second person. You kind of wonder, where do I fit in? There's uh, youth activities. There's things for marriage, uh, married people. There's always marriage seminars, marriage books. We preach about it a lot at church. But very little is talked about, actually, the importance and the significance of singleness and just how effective you can be in God's hands when you're single. So, Kessa, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then we'll talk a bit more about being single. Thank you. Um, well, my name is Kessa Vatanasinga, and uh, I'm uh, 47 years of age. I work for the, uh, the, the charitable organization under the CMFI, Christian Mission Fellowship International, which is uh, Global Compassion. I manage the operations of the organization. Yeah, and you also uh, oversee a girls' home. Talk a little bit about what you do there. Yeah, as um, as the operations and administration manager of the of the organisation, I the, uh, we have a few thematic areas that we work with. Um, one is the sustainable communities program, uh, health, social services, and humanitarian relief. The work with the girls comes under our social services program. Uh, it's just a small part of of what we do uh, on a bigger scale. But the home is, is uh, it's a state institute, it's a state home, and the management of the home is outsourced to Global Compassion. And this is our 10th year of managing the home on behalf of government. And what type of girls come to you, um, to your home? Thank you. The, the, the home is a safe house for teenaged um, girls who are victims of abuse, uh, neglect. We also we also take care of from time to time. We we also take care of, of uh, juvenile offenders, female juvenile offenders, mm. and uh, yeah, these are the girls, the, the kind of girls that are, that that that, uh, that are brought into the home. But these are just reported cases, just reported cases that are that comes through the the Department of Social Welfare, the Child Services Department within the Department of Social Welfare. Mm. Okay, so these girls are referred to you, they come into your care. What do you do with them then? Is your role just to offer them safety for a period of time or are you trying to rehabilitate and put them back into the community as healthy young women? Yes. <clears throat> the girls that come to us, um, you know, they come from different backgrounds, eh? 
and uh, so we we don't have a standard uh, set program for each one of them since given that they are coming from you know with different uh, uh, coming from different backgrounds the different cases different uh, cases that are brought in so the, the the girls that come in the first thing that we do is to try and um, uh, once once they come in the, the Department of Social Welfare they have child care offices eh? So the case officers come in with their findings, their assessments, they brief us. We have our own standards that we, that we assess uh, the girls with. Uh, firstly, we assess, assess them on their, on their um, I will say, their, 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 um, the strengths that they have. Eh? Attitudes, we look at their attitudes, what are some of the strengths that they have, the attitudes that they bring with them. And then we tailor the program to to meet those those um, the strengths that they bring with them. Otherwise, uh, with the weaknesses, most of them, because most of them, 80, always 80 percent, more than 80 percent of the girls that are brought in are from dysfunctional families. Uh, we've had girls uh, a few years back who their mothers had gone through the home, and uh, so when once we found out about this, we always go back to their history to try and look at the root cause of why and then we develop design our programs or rehabilitation programs based on that on our findings because when these girls come in they come in through the court system the juvenile court system brought in with the care orders some of them they come in as the home caters for girls from 13 to 17 years of age so their stay depends so much on, on the work that is done outside of the home within the, the different uh, stakeholders, which is the court, the Department of Social Welfare, the police. Uh, these are the other um, stakeholders that, that, you know, they do their bit while we deal with the girls within the home. Um, yeah, and most of these girls, because they come from dysfunctional families, we try to, to, to deal with them, I mean, like... Um, manage them, with, with, uh, help them with the basic things, basic mannerism. Uh, these are some of the things that they, most of them lack. Eh? Uh, even as uh, simplest, the most simplest things, how to dress up, table manners, uh, uh, literacy, and just uh, trying to get them to, you know, to settle in, be comfortable so that they can be open to the responsive to the programs that we have designed based on our findings about them. Yeah. That's great, amazing work that you do and I guess uh, sounds like you're so busy you don't even have time to be married really, a bit like myself. People ask why aren't I married and I'm like I'm just busy. <laughs> uh, got enough to do. But go, let's go back to when we were 15, 16 running around on the hockey field as ACS girls, did you have dreams to be married and have a family? What were you thinking at that age? Uh, I think in school, it never crossed my mind. Um, I, I, I think I was just focused on, on my studies, not really too much on the studies, but trying to discover what really I wanted, eh? what really is my interest. So... Uh, marriage or settling down wasn't really 
I don't think so. It was there in my thinking in school. Uh, it wasn't until when I left school and then I came, uh, you know, I started with tertiary studies and I was looking at how I just wanted to, I think I just wanted to have fun because, uh, you know, I'm more of a, I want to try out new things eh? for myself just to see what life, what is there in life to, to, to help me, you know, um, uh, see what really is my interest. I was just, just trying to discover what will really uh, is interesting for me. Eh? Yeah, but marriage or settling down was never, you know, to be honest, it never crossed my mind when I, when I was in 15 or 16. And I guess because, uh, like I said, uh, I had a very, a very, um, I, have a, I have a very good relationship with my father. And it never came up in our conversation. All we talked about was studies and uh, what he wants what his dreams are about me, career-wise, but not about marriage. No. Yes, you. Um, my memories of you back then was quite a sensible young woman compared to a lot of my other beautiful friends at ACS. Shout out to you all who would talk non-stop about boys, <laughs> planning the next social with the QVS boys, what they were going to wear, talking. I always heard these names floating around, but you were always very level-headed, which made you a great hockey player. Um, so... What's it been like then? I mean, for you, it has been a bit different because your family have been at peace with you being a single person, which is very different to a lot of other single women that I've talked to here in Fiji. They find the pressure from family, from culture, like, what's wrong with you? But your family has been quite supportive, and this is Kessa, and that's okay. Yeah, um, I guess the, 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 they knew that uh, they saw that I was uh, pretty focused about what I want. Um, I was disciplined in the way I organized my life. Um, you know, at a very young age, I knew what I want and uh, what I wanted, and I worked towards it. Uh, but uh, there are things that I didn't like. It's very obvious, obvious to my family, and they respected that. And uh, I was known, you know, I, I remember at a very young age because my mom was always. Uh, I know pushing me to do things and if I don't like it I'll just I won't say anything but I'll just simply walk away yeah? and then she's always saying you better be careful about how you know you're so stubborn and all these things but as I look back I realized it's just that's just me I know what I want when I don't like it now I've matured now I have a better way of handling it when I don't like things <laughs> So have you felt like you're a lesser person because you're not married? Because obviously we are in the minority and we're in churches and around a lot of people who are married. But do you feel like you've missed out on life because you're not married? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I don't think so. I've missed out because I think for me, because I was so focused and uh, it was uh, quite early for me to discover what my calling was. So I tried to, you know, develop my skills to support the calling. And I worked hard at it. And I don't think so. I've missed out. I'm enjoying uh, life. Uh, it's been an adventurous journey. 
and I know I'll continue to do this as long as God gives me the strength and everything that I need to be able to to be the person that he wants me to be, be as productive as I can be in the place where I am and to be yeah and to be you know to bring in that difference the Christian difference wherever I am at yeah I mean, what role does your relationship, your personal relationship with Jesus play in, I guess, just giving you that security that who you are is enough? Yeah, um, for me, that personal relationship has been the main um, thing that has informed me, as a, informed my, my being as a person. Eh? And um, I, I, I find strength and meaning from my relationship with the Lord. And how effective I am, wherever I am at, I'm serving in. It's not because of what I've acquired in life uh, through education, exposure. All those were just supplementary. But I've uh, come to a point where I realized that it's my relationship that has really enriched me uh, and empowered me to be able to serve where I'm, wherever I am, eh? um, I'm at. Uh, you know, my, my favorite Bible verse is 2 Corinthians 9.8. God is able to make all grace abound towards me, that I have insufficiency in all things, that I may abound in all good works. Eh? So I might not have the money now to serve here now, but probably where I am at right now doesn't need money. It probably just needs uh, wisdom or something else maybe food in my cupboard just to offer at that time and uh, yeah yeah now you are quite unique and your family is because I've heard some horror stories of Fijian women being forced into arranged marriages just because of the shame of being single uh, they've been put in situations where the man has been abusive uh, they've wanted to get out the family said no that's the, the marriage we've arranged for you and I guess this is why I'm covering this topic on the podcast when we talk so much about abuse and disrupting abuse in the Pacific um, that pressure to get married probably causes a lot of women to end up with the wrong men would you think? Yes, that could be a contributing uh, factor um, you know, to push women into marriage uh, I don't know what is pushing, what is behind that uh, uh, you know, families to push their, their, their girls or women to, to get married. Uh, I don't know, probably culture or... But uh, I think that that, uh, that is a factor too. It could be. It could be um, one of the reasons eh, why women are, are suffering in, in abusive relationships. Eh? Yeah. Oh, yesterday I was with, um, we ran a teen empowerment day for 30 teenage girls here in Suva and I was just sharing my own journey of being single and finding my value from Jesus and not boys. That's a big area that girls love and I'm um, just encouraging them that it's okay to be single, especially in your teenage years. Um, but if, if that's how you are when you're growing up, but it was amazing, even just from these teenage girls saying, no, we have to get married in our country. <laughs> our parents expect us to get married, uh, which is interesting. Maybe, maybe it's right, maybe it's not, but that's probably the pervading culture that is around them. And you made the comment before I pressed record that um, marriage is a prerequisite for getting into heaven. So that doesn't give us much hope. You know, I said that, uh, you know, the way they're pushing uh, girls or women to get married, it's as if uh, that 
you know, when I heard about it uh, with a few friends, uh, even when some, um, uh, some of my uh, cousins that we usually joke with, um, you know, pass a remark like that, I'll always respond in that way. Does marriage, is marriage a, a, a prerequisite of getting into heaven? Do I need to get married to get into heaven? So that's not a requirement. So why the hell I'm not going to get married? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but the way it is, it's like, that's why I came up with that comment. Why women are being pushed into it. Maybe because of the pressure from, you know, the culture, uh, families, extended family. Uh, maybe the, some may say it's... Um, yeah, the, I don't know whether popularity or something like that. But I don't think so. You know, it should be forced. Girls or women should be forced into it. They should be given the support that they need to be able to develop uh, healthy relationships with men before they really make a commitment to settle down uh, in marriage. Mm. I'm seen because I've, well, I've been here, I've been meeting up with a lot of young women in their 20s and 30s and... And these are good women who love Jesus and they look around and they're like, we don't know who we're going to marry. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lack of good guys over here. I've met some great guys, but maybe there's not enough that they see. Um, and then there's this kind of overriding statement that keeps coming through, I never want to marry a Fijian guy. What's behind that thinking? Hmm. Well, uh, it depends on, uh, it could be that they were exposed to some form of abuse or uh, they probably uh, have witnessed. Because, uh, you know, now uh, it's not so popular because of the laws that has come in. Eh? But before, it was like everybody can be, you know, we can see, our neighbours can know that if a woman is being abused next door, um, back then, eh? But um, I, 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 I think uh, uh, the reason why they want to do that, they, are, they probably have their own uh, standards. Some of the ladies, because some of the girls, women, who witness some form of abuse, you know, will force them to, 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 to have some standards. You know, what kind of men do they want? And they think, they assume that probably white men or don't abuse their women uh, but you would be able to, to to say more about that but for us you know it's um, I think uh, what, what what is lacking is just awareness with the men uh, but really it's what, what what I what I would like to think is just a under, better understanding of the truth of how much value we have not as a women or uh, for all of us, as human beings, we have values. Eh? We are made in his image, in his likeness. And so we have that. We carry that value with us. And if only, um, you know, um, uh, man, everyone can see, have that, that, that perspective of humanity. I think in that way they will be able to, there will be less inequality and uh, more appreciation of who we are because of where we originate from. Yep, that's a key, isn't it? Made in the image of God, um, very valuable, whether we're married or single, is really important. Before I ask you for your final encouragement for single women in Fiji, because there is a growing 
community of single women, um, well, and men too, but I see, you know, single mothers. Uh, there's a huge amount of widows in this nation. Men are dying so early as well. Um, but we just want to encourage you that no matter what phase of life you're in, singleness is of God. Um, he, he loves you just as much as a married person. And when we talk about that God is more than enough, he really is. And, and you've talked about that. That's certainly um, my experience. I feel him very close, him looking after me, giving me the grace. Um, and I was interviewing a young man yesterday and he, he just even said, I don't want to marry a girl who's trying to find her fulfillment in me. She's got to find it in God first. And I think that's for us as single people, unless we find that fulfillment in God first, no relationship is ever, ever going to satisfy us. So um, it is a very satisfying relationship in Jesus. So if you're single, that's okay. Um, don't allow culture or family or anyone to pressure you into the lies that you're half a person and you're not good enough. God wants to use you. It's such an amazing season in life where you can be used by God powerfully. And I think for myself and Kessa, we would not be doing what we were doing if we were married. I, d I don't think I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing <laughs> and just come and stay in Fiji for weeks at a time. But what's your final encouragement, Kessa, to the single women of Fiji? Yeah, um, my encouragement would be just get connected to Jesus and serve Him in truth and spirit because that relationship, out of that relationship, then you will be able to discover how valuable you are and that once you, you, you set yourself on that platform, then you will be able to allow His Spirit to guide you into you know into what he has for you but uh, you know don't rush into settling down it's a lifetime commitment it's okay to be single uh, just like uh, what Leticia said we are enjoying what we're doing because we are single uh, for me my strength is in I'm a very committed person I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I was married so uh, I know if you feel that uh, that your calling is in it requires you to be single, and you know that you will be more productive if you are single, then go for it. Don't allow the pressure of family and culture to push you into into getting married when you are not even ready. But allow your relationship with the Lord to inform you on your decision how to do life here and now. Great words of wisdom. We will leave it there. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the way you live your life, living for Jesus and helping so many others. Keep up the great work. Easily I see your suffering I see the pain Beneath that bull of smile Come out from hiding the sun is rising Let the islands hear reason lay cry